Hi, this is Relop. This is what happened last time. We teleported into the Great Wood, and an animated tree named Blackbark brought us to the Elven Queendom. Well, the ruins of the Elven Queendom. We learned that the elves long ago relocated to the Feywild in an attempt to protect themselves from invasion and from the beast Ragadag. We traveled to the Feywild, and elven knights in green armor escorted us to their treetop city. She said that there are a series of pools whose waters will cure an incurable wound, but will need a specific vessel to transport the water. Such a vessel is said to be in the belly of a water snake named Nenulig. So, I guess we're in the snake-killing business now? So the Calicon had left you at the Huntsman, the tavern at which you will be staying this evening, at the, the hospitality of the Queen. It's a nice enough place. There's music playing and there's a fire on and there's actually lots of trophies around the tavern of different animals. Some of them are common, some of them are a little interesting, you know, as you glance around. But you realize it's still early enough to where you could get a little bit of provisioning before you go to bed. And so kind of go out into the city and, and check it out. And I described last time how there's fireflies that are in these paper balls strung around the place that light the place up. The whole place is constructed of living branches that have been sculpted magically together to create the walkways and the railings and all kinds of things like that. You even notice on some of the trunks, if you look close enough, you can see faces on the trunks, much like Blackbeard, the tree that walked you here. The people here are a little bit suspicious of you, not in a you know a way that makes you feel like you're in danger, but they certainly are not used to seeing non-elves walk their paths, but they also apparently aren't overly concerned about it. They must assume that you've been invited or you wouldn't be here. You spent a little time walking through a central amphitheater, which was interesting because of the structure of it. You are already in a big dome in the court of the queen before, but this one was specific because of the fact that as you walk through, the acoustics are very interesting. It's the kind of thing where you can hear from very far away from each other and, you know, at a whisper or, or whatever. And so you can only imagine what it would be like, you know, hearing somebody sing here. You also find a library built within a tall hollowed out tree. And it's, you know, lined with books all around the hollow of the tree with this circular staircase floating magically in the middle of it. And you also have run into a clothier in which they sell what they call grandmother silk, which is very fine, durable silk that is apparently made from large spiders, according to the carvings all around. It's decorated with this sort of spider motif. We talked about this in between sessions and picks up uh, a dress of it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah why not? Co color that you're interested in? Purple or green, either way. Okay. Probably green for this one. Okay. It's pretty vibrant emerald green. Yeah. If you're just wearing that, it gives a little bit of protection, as, again, we've discussed outside of the session. Across the way, there's also a bookbinder, a very sagely stern, hollow-cheeked elf sells these books that he actually creates, and they're very artistic. Zan also picks up a new journal, pretty high quality. As you're walking out of that shop, and again, these are all sort of kind of a hollowed out tree. 
sometimes the, the entrances are very open. Sometimes they're a little bit more hidden. It's like you don't see it until you walk right up on it. But you find the market garden, which you'd kind of been led through one of the levels initially. It's a space, you know, much like it sounds, it's a living garden in which the merchant seller wears, sometimes straight off the vine. It consists of three levels. So there's these winding walkways down to different levels. And there are sections where they're selling drinks. There are sections where they're selling crafts and things like that. You know, a lot of food, a lot of vegetables and fruit. Almond milk seems to be a thing here. And so that is a big section of it. And there's also a place where they uh, grow bees. So you can get lots of honey and things like that. There you are, you're standing in the market garden. It was bustling before, it's not quiet right now, but it is clearly getting to be a little bit later in the day. You can also hear a forge on the far side of the level you're on. Do you remember the queen talking about rings? Hmm, I, I don't recall rings. Oh, look out there. And Hulk's going to walk off towards some of the fruit and vegetable vendors. <laughs> They really take an interest in Holg. It seems that a lot of them don't see a lot of high orcs or have never seen a high orc, maybe, in the way mm -hmm. they react. Some people might expect them to be a little bit nervous or something, but they seem to be really fascinated in a good way. They like this exotic-looking gray-skinned man walking around. And you do hear a couple little kids whisper to each other, and you hear something about the name Barrett, and they giggle and scamper off. Barrett? Mm. Overall, my interactions with them, if you know they've got questions or anything, I'll be as candid and pleasant as I can try to be. Ideally, what I'm looking for is anything fruit or vegetable-wise that just looks really exotic or definitely not anything that I'd normally see around. Sure. The merchant here is a male. He's got green skin and yellowed hair. He notices that you're looking through, and there are several things that are familiar, but there's certainly stuff that's grown in the forest here that maybe isn't as common in Princeholm. So you're looking to try something new? Uh, try something new. Also, any sort of growing techniques. I'd like to, to see if maybe I could take these back to uh, my homelands and produce my own crops. Hmm. And your homeland is south of the forest? Yes. Is it wet there? Uh, we do have a winter season, but I like to think that we can grow a fair share of crops. But I'd like to have my family farm able to produce something a little more uncommon for the region. Just getting started? Uh, yeah. Kind of goes through, he's got a little bit of a catalog. You know, it's just a little table that's set up here, but you're standing among a garden largely you know just pathways through all these different rows of things and the rows go different directions he says well it's i don't know how if, if you're looking for anything with any glamour to it but we have these kiril legumes that are hardy wherever you place them and they also grow to an extent that how do i say this a, a bad farmer will make a profit I'm not making any assumptions, but if you were interested in some of these, I could certainly send you off with some seed. I'm intrigued by that. I'm going to incite him to make sure he's not trying sure. to just <laughs> sell you magic beans. Yeah. Magic exactly. Beans. Yes. <laughs> they're not magic beans. They're enchanted legumes. <laughs> like, 
Like, I'm basically you. selling you oregano right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reliable talent. 16. Yeah, you get the impression that he's trying to give you something that he thinks would grow there and that you'd have okay. success with. And what he's showing you, too, it's kind of like oversized pea pods. The seeds themselves are almost acorn-sized. Okay. So, yeah, still something I definitely wouldn't normally have seen around Prince Holm. Yep. And, you know, a lot of the vegetables here are healthier and more vibrant. Something like these peas seems pretty in step with what you're seeing. Okay. Perfect. Again, you know, as you walk through, guys, there's people trying to sell you their wares, just like any other merchant shop, really. Platinum seems to be the standard here. It's, it's all relative. It all works the same way, but they're more likely to say five platinum than they are to say 50 gold. I'm probably not going to do that because I don't want to confuse anybody when you pay, but that seems to be the way of things here. Platinum is the standard and gold is the smaller change. Is there an outfitters in here? Within the market itself, there's a few different stalls that would have stuff like that, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to make the rounds and buy every uh, single jug that I can find. <laughs> How much is it going to cost me to empty this place of jugs? <laughs> I'm assuming you're not trying to buy full jugs, just looking for empty ones? Nope, just empties. Some of the stalls are starting to try to close up for the night, so maybe it'd be different during the day, but you couldn't walk away with 15 jugs. Nice. Stopper jugs, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if things are starting right. to close up, I'm assuming we'll start making our way towards the armory. Any kids hanging around and they wander close enough, I'm going to like slip them some of the snap rock fire cracker things. Oh, cool. I got <laughs> One of them, as soon as you hand it to her, she goes like she's going to eat it, like you're handing her candy or something. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I like use one for an example and I like pitch it. Okay. And... Everybody kind of starts for a second and she looks at her brother probably and they kind of giggle. Yeah, just give them a wink and keep walking. Yeah, they hold it like it's precious and move on like they don't want to use it right away. Just as you're getting into the armor, you hear bang across the way. Perfect. So this is the Queen's Armory in the wood. It's etched in the elven script. It's also a tannery. You can smell parts of that as well as you walk in. It's really, lot, really lots of smells here, you know, with the trees and the market. Some good, some bad, but it is very definitely a redolent place. When you step into the armory, there's weapons everywhere. The elves have pretty nice looking stuff. Silver or mithril seems to be the favorites around here. Part of it is made from a couple of trees, and then there's a webbing of wooden flooring between, and then this forge built in, and then some other pools and whatnot that are done with tanning. It's all in the, the treetops here. Along one flattened off wall, which is just the side of a tree trunk that's been smoothed over, there is a living mural. It's one of those, like in Prince Holm, the one that seems to change that you guys have grown up with. And it is of a city that seems to have a sheen of bronze to it. And it's big and overbuilt. And Relop, you recognize having seen it before, specifically in the Tower of Venifer. Yeah, is this... I'm going to flag down just a general passerby. There's several apprentices, so you just kind of grab one of them. Is this mural of this town? Of Edhelon? Yeah. Kind of looks around and he says, no, that's Patreon. Well, the 
The giants call it Tandria. Where is that city? Tandria. North of the wood. North of the Great Wood. Mm-hmm. I heard of that place. In my studies about the encryption, I ran across that name. That place is real. He says, oh yes, it's real. It's the reason we keep busy here at the uh, forge. Are you in the market for anything? There's swords this direction. There's axes and bows and armor. He also says you will talk to Varel for any rings you might be interested in. We keep a steady supply here from the Ringcraft Academy. Scrolls would be in the same area. Do you have any armor befitting an elven knight? An elven knight? Well, at least one with pointy ears. Also, if the armor could be shiny, befitting of a uh, champion of light. They have mithril chainmail. He has elven chain. He does have a suit of plate that they call Dragon's Bane. It's actually not elven. And he thinks for a minute and he's speaking your language and he says, Antique. Antique. Perfect. I'll take that. Can you wrap it up and put a bow on it? That'd be great. We haven't talked the price. Well, how much is it? He says it in platinum, but it's 10,500 gold. I got that. Here's your uh, 1,500 platinum pieces. Very well then puts it into a bundle, and ties it up with a bow. Excellent. Do you have a place that has cards? Cards? Yeah, Um, put a little note on this. I'm sure there's some sort of paper seller in the market. I go look for one of those out in the garden, I guess. So the ring person is in here, you said? Yeah, there's a counter in which he will show you rings and things like scrolls. There's also cloaks behind the counter as well. So is there any specific enchantment that might benefit you? Well, we're looking to fight several dangerous things in a row, so something along the lines of protection? Oh, just protection in general? Well, something enchanted, perhaps. Also, we're going to be fighting some relatively dark creatures, so something regarding necromancy, something to protect us from that. Hmm, that is an interesting request. Something from necromancies and dark magics. Something to keep us safe from them, yes. And he rubs his hands together. He (laughs) says, let's start with the protection. And he turns around and he says, these cloaks here will act as extra protection for you. And he's got three of them hanging there. Two of them are green. One of them has kind of an elven script stitched into it. The other one looks like it is weaved of leaves. And then the other one kind of stands out to you. And it looks like it is sewn of white flowers. I was going to ask. <laughs> so she's just going down the list as he's just holding up the fabric and then stops on that one. So I'm to assume this is what she was wearing in the cave. It looks a lot like that. Yeah. He holds it out in front of you and puts it on the counter and each little flower looks different. Each has a symbol. He says, these are, these are different makers. This was a group effort long ago by a bunch of tradesmen. And because we can create our own cloaks of protection, and again, says it in platinum, but he says a mere thousand gold. She will ask to see it, pull her arms out so that she can inspect it herself. Sure. She'll just nod and place it on the counter for consideration, leaving the other ones up where they were. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the, the ring. Rings. He's got the tray that has almost like fingers sticking up that he's got the rings on, and there's a few different colors and different things happening, but there are three that all look similar. He says, this is carved from Dragonbone. These are called Shadow Dragon Rings. 
hands it to you. It features kind of a dragon's face with a jet in its mouth, like a little black stone. He says, it seems a little ominous, but it's part of the magic. It's maybe not as delightful as the flowered cloak, but it will protect you from such magics. It's created with magic similar to what it's protecting you from. Yes, I think that would work nicely. Those are going for 12,000 gold. Right. I think these two would probably be acceptable, unless there's anything else particular note. He says, well, it's always nice to have a pair of rings. You've got two hands there. What about a ring of free action? If you're going to be in the wood, it's always a possibility that you could be ensnared. This would allow you to keep from being held down or trapped in some way. Hmm. And it's the only one I have. This one also goes for 12000 So I'm looking at 25000 gold worth of purchases. It appears. Purchasing them all together, is there any way we can get some sort of package deal for it? Let's do a persuasion check. Okay. With advantage? Yes. I got a 14 and a 24, so I will take that 24. I'll throw the cloak in. It's only 24. I think the best I can do would be 21. I'll meet you halfway at 23. Very well. Hog is actually going to go up to one of the blacksmiths and pull out the one dragon's claw that he still had. He's like, I'm afraid I may have missed an opportunity in my travels to have this made into something. I'm wondering if you guys might be able to work with this. Hmm. Where'd you get this? I'll tell you over a drink sometime. What kind of item do you have in mind? Some sort of blade, uh, dagger. I generally prefer short swords, but I'm afraid this is probably a little too short for that. This came off of a fire dragon, right? It was a fire breather yeah came from a from a fire breather leave it with me and i can turn it into a weapon that would utilize that fire okay may not be a quick process but if you leave this as sort of the prepayment i'll get my people to work on it sure yeah i look forward to uh seeing a possible outcome so when you come back through we'll have something for you no more than a season hmm no way to uh, possibly expedite that process. If you want anything of worth out of it, it's going to take a little bit of time. The earliest I could make anything work would be probably within a month, maybe a little less. Okay. No, nah, that's fine. Work on it at your own pace. Okay, well, we'll be in touch then. <laughs> Relap, you do see some scrolls there. Yeah, I was looking for uh, second level enlarge reduce and uh, third level phantom steed. Okay. Cool, cool. Relop, quick question. If we're going to fight this water snake thing, do we need to know how to breathe underwater? That's a magic that I've heard of, right? It is. Let me peruse their wares here and see if I can't find something. I think I saw some potions of it earlier as well, but just as an option. Do they have the uh, water breathing? Yeah, they got one. Okay. Thank you. I'll get this stuff and then head back to the inn to start scribing water breathing. All right, back to the tavern. Things are starting to slow down in the market, which means that the tavern is getting a little bit busier. And there is a dulcimer playing elven bard. 
she is embellishing her storytelling and her song playing with some little flashy spells. Again, this place is full of little trophies and things. The woman that runs it is this tough elf named Asha Islandier, and she is not the friendliest lady exactly, but she's cordial enough, and she offers to sell you some drinks and take your money. They're not charging you for the room, but nobody told her she had to give you free drinks. And (laughs) the bottles don't look like you're used to, and so it's a little bit hard to see what they have back there. I will skulk around over here what everybody (laughs) seems to be generally ordering i'll order a glass of that and find any table where people might be playing like a card game or a dice game sure the most common thing that you see people drinking is mead there's some that are drinking some sort of fruity brandy there also seems to be some wine flowing all right i'll go for a mug of the mead and finding a table there are some people playing a few games Dragon Chess is on one of the tables, and there's some people playing some cards. The cards look different from what you're used to, but you're a crafty card player, so you're probably just watching a few hands figure it out. Yep. I'm not a nerd, so scratch the chest. We are going to the card. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are a nerd. And again, some of them are excited to see this high orc. It's just a little bit of a novelty for them. There's a couple that offer to have you sit. Their common is not good. They start talking in Elven and realize that you're not going to. So then they switch to what you think is lingual, which seems kind of odd because people don't usually crack that out. But then that doesn't work. And so then they cut to this common, which is a little bit rudimentary for them they're asking you where you're from and curious about where you've Mm -hmm. been i will be honest for the most part i'm not gonna give them any sort of like grisly details because we've certainly seen our dark share of that and i will just continue to drink until we're all on that same level of communication where it's all broken english anyway so You see a few people being served food. There's a barmaid taking orders, some sort of root pie. They also are serving vegetable stew. And just when you think they're all entirely vegetarians, they have asparagus wrapped in bacon. Bacon? What is this bacon made of? I don't see you guys uh, harvesting or uh, producing animals. Uh, we're, we're, we're hunters up here. So boar. Excellent. Yeah, I'll take some of that. I am looking to get this package delivered to my friend who has the mostly shaven head. The one right there? Yeah, but I want it in his room. Oh. Well, there's two rooms, so which room is he going to be in? The one on the left. We could certainly put that in there for you. And then I'll take a bottle of your strongest whiskey. Well, we don't... I have whiskey here, but we do have Green Fairy. Are you interested in something a little stronger? Stronger than whiskey. What is Green Fairy? Is it's it fruity? A, no, it's a little bit root-based. If you're looking for something like whiskey, it's the closest we have. Oh, so it's root beer. Yeah, I'll take that. It's effectively absinthe. It's green and uh, strong. Oh, that stuff is so vile. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just depends how much you like licorice. Nope. <laughs> the proprietor is just being suspicious of us. Are the rest of the patrons treating us any differently other than just with a novelty suspicion? You probably get some dirty looks from some people, but for the most part, people are relatively friendly. Like, they must get some visitors, but it's rare enough for them to take note. All right. Guess we'll just enjoy our meal and drink. People are interested in your backgrounds or where you came from. A few people do send some drinks your way. They figure out what you're drinking and send it that direction. <laughs> and the bard goes on about stories both in and out of the Fae. The impression you get is that they do some traveling back and forth. There's a reason for them having currency beyond their borders, and there's a reason for them to know how to speak common. Yeah, I guess we kind of figured they were going to be a little bit more wary of outsiders than they seem to be right now, at least. We are on their home turf, so... Yeah, they have all the advantage at this point, but... I have to say, I've never been less self-conscious about my ears. Somebody overhears you and says, It's okay, honey, you don't have to feel bad about your ears. Yeah, they're just a little small. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll laugh at that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> If she gets a chance, she's going to try to ask somebody about that mountain in the woods on the material plane. You know, that one that's kind of peeking up through the woods up there. At this point, Zan happens to be sitting near Hulk while he's playing cards and just taking it in. And you ask one of the card players who's friendly enough. He says, oh, that's Mount Ervanel. What happened there? What's, what's the story behind it? Is there any lore of anything going on there? It's the home of Furian, the dragon, the elf friend. The elf friend? Yes, the dragon Furian. She's supposedly a part of how we got here to the Fae. So an she, ally to the benevolent? queen. Oh, she's an ally to the queen. All right. All right. They're supposedly patrolled by the children of the dragon, which is a group of elfmen like you. And the guardians the peak root clan is it dangerous to go there it could be if you weren't invited she's the elf friend but she's still a dragon just kind of nod and think about it and then he says i fold (laughs) puts his cards down (laughs) as he's folding and lean forward So while we were out in the marketplace, some children were taking notice of me and I heard a name called Barrett. Does that mean anything to you? He turns to the bard and he goes, hey, play the song of the the first orc. She happened to be sort of in between sets as she's taking a little drink and very well. And she starts a song about a sylvan hero named Barrett who became involved in a passionate romance with the Fae Lady of Summer. And at the conclusion of their affair, she felt spurned by her lover and transformed him and all of his bloodline into twisted mortal versions of themselves. And he's known as the First Orc. Mm. Can't say I'm too fond of that. Okay, interesting. He said you should take that as a compliment. You're like a celebrity. <laughs> for being able to to spurn a spirit and get punishment. <laughs> well, it'd make a good play. Pull out my leather book and start jotting down. Can we lap your scribing? Yeah, 
I plan on transcribing that spell. It's going to take about six hours, so I wanted to get into the room as early as possible. As you're sitting in there, one of the employees opens the door with a separate key and half knocks on the door, but is already opening the door. Sorry to disturb you. I didn't know any of you were in here. I'm just supposed to deliver this to the room. I'll just set it here. Um, Puts a bundle, kind of a big bundle, in front of the door there. It's got a little note on it, and then he sort of backs off. Um, thank you. Who told you to bring this here? The larger human fellow. Oh, okay. I'll make sure that he gets it. Thank you. Sorry again, Shesadar. You're going to have a little bit of a late night, Relot, but you'll be able to finish that up and get some sleep. When Merc comes in, I'm just going to sense him coming into the room and without looking up. Barmaid brought a package for you, I believe. They brought it to the wrong room. That. Uh, I go pick up the package and storm off into the other room. <laughs> we'll just assume nobody's in there yet. When he comes back. So, Lucius, what are we planning on doing with your brother? This seems to have changed from a execution to a political intrigue. Well, first off, my name is Merck. And secondly, it would be better if we could get the town to spurn him in the long run, I think. But when we get back, I think we need to straighten out those paladins off the hammers. And then we need to see what that Inquisitor is up to. And after that, we should probably just go storm the castle, so to speak. Well, you know that whatever you say, the plan is for this. I'll enact it the best I can. Right. But hopefully we can save some of those people. and They will be able to put a good word in for us. Or at least enough against Asher that when we take action against them, that we, uh, we will be found justified. Okay. Also, how does one kill one's own brother? I know I've said it has to be done, but... I don't know how to answer that. That's a problem that, unfortunately, I don't have. Hmm. Yeah. I saw the lengths you went to for your brother. Now we do that for Tedder in a heartbeat. But... I know Asher and I don't see eye to eye. I just can't bring myself to... I know I said I would take him down, but I just can't seem to bring the sword to him. Okay. Whatever. Well, tomorrow's the day we can fight a snake. That I can do, I know. <laughs> Alright. I don't think I'll be up too much longer. Oh get up early and finish this stuff off. Do whatever works best for you. I'll uh, just be over here in the corner snoring. As soon as I hear him snoring, I'm just going to wrap everything up for the night and just plan on getting up early to finish it up. Lucan, when you walk into the room for the night, there is a bundle laying on one of the beds and it has a little note on it. Zan, what is this? He picks up the note and starts looking at it. I have no idea. It says, to Lucan, stop falling down. 
Merc. <laughs> falling down? <laughs> what in the world? So Lucan opens it up. It is a suit of plate mail, and it's clear that it's of old, probably Prince Holm design. It seems actually to be old Empire First Men's armor. Well taken care of, but also aged in some ways. Lucan says, by Lucian's light, look at this, Zan. He starts to pull it all out. There's a note. What does it say? It says, stop falling down. It's from Merc. <laughs> all right. Huh. Very unexpected. Very unexpected. Wonder what it's made of or what it, what does it do? Well, it'll definitely protect me better than what I've got now, but I don't know. Maybe I'll have Relop look at it in the morning. Or I guess I could just ask Merc tomorrow, too. <laughs> He'd probably know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, that knucklehead. Why did he do this? Very nice of him. I'm sure it's his way of saying thank you while also insulting you for falling down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> I think you hit it right on the, the nail right on the head there. <laughs> yeah, very nice of him. And Lucan just spends the rest of the night kind of looking at it and probably has a hard time falling asleep, actually, because he's checking out that armor and fitting it and making sure, sure it's super clean and keeps thinking about the snake they got to go fight. <laughs> Everybody gets some rest. Relop finishes up with his scroll. Marka did swap out Chain Lightning for Sunbeam. So Lucan in the morning gets up, gets ready for the day, prepares his spells, and then puts on that armor and heads down to the tavern. He waits a while because he wants to make sure that Merc's down there when he gets down there. And starts walking down the steps. Got a big old smile on his face. <laughs> As he's walking down the steps, he's looking at Merc. Puts his arms out for like big hug. <laughs> what in the world did you do this for, Merc? And then he goes over and tries to give Merc a hug. And clanking the whole time, right? Because you usually oh, yeah. have this mithril stuff on <laughs> yeah. out, so yeah. there's like clank, clank, clank. <laughs> Merc will do the Heisman Trophy and stop him from uh, going in for the hug. All right, I'm going to roll athletics. You're getting a hug. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a two, but... Oh, wait. I'm I have pretty... like a plus eight or something. Let me look. <laughs> I have a plus nine. Ah, dang it. Oh, I have a plus sure nine. You... Yeah, you beat me by one. <laughs> 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 ah, ridiculous. Listen, you know, you seem to like charging up in the front. And you seem to fall down, and I just try to make sure you're safe. Somebody needs to be around to keep this party wagon going. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Merc. I appreciate it. This is great quality. Yeah. I owe ya. No, you no. No, you don't. Well, you ready to go fight a snake? Wow, that's music to my ears. <laughs> So everybody, I'm sure, gets up and gets themselves all ready for the day. They are serving some elven bread this morning. It's got a little bit sweet and denser than you thought it would be. And berries and a little bit of cream. The Green Knights, the night before, before they had left, they just said, you know, come to the temple and we will lead you there. 
And then you realize, do we not know exactly where the temple is? Can ask the barkeep in the morning, the direction to the temple. She kind of gives you a rundown, and, and it's really sort of obnoxious with all of the different landmarks that she thinks you're going to somehow pick out. And then she says you'll see this big dome, and then you realize that you are in the dome. That court of the queen is what she's describing, the Veridi Temple. Thank you. I know you didn't expect to house us, but we appreciate the hospitality. Thank you for the patronage. Please don't take it personally. I've had some dealings with outsiders before that were not something I want to relive. So I apologize if I came off as inhospitable. It's all right. I've had a lot of problem with them as well. And she'll just smile. Well, Zan's getting the directions and everyone's kind of in the room eating. When I pull out a reed and do a ritual casting of water breathing, that hits everybody. Great. How long does that last? 24 hours. Nice. So <laughs> That's why it was worth sitting there doing that. Yeah. I, I actually had the choker still, so I was not really oh. as worried about it. <laughs> Just for you. That's what matters, right? <laughs> Looking out for number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can breathe underwater, too. Thanks to this cloak you guys didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all made fun of it. Uh, you mean out of all everybody else, he's going to be the other survivor? <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, I have the direction. As long as I don't expend my energy too much during this battle, I should be able to get us back home today still. Well, that's exciting. All right. Uh, temple. We're doing this. You get back to it. There are a couple of guards out front. They see you come in and these two knights come out. It's Lady Lullaby Evan and Lady Omei Witherin are their names. They were the ones that brought you up into Ed Halan in the first place. They lead you out. Again, they say, we are forbidden from fighting this snake with you, but we will absolutely protect the perimeter and keep other beasts from roaming into the area. And we will certainly get you there quickly. They find one of those stairwells down is the mushrooms that wrap around a tree. You come to a clearing in which there's already a couple of elves with some of those large deer. The Aras, the ones that are ridden by the Dearborn out in the Earthman's Forest. You realize that they're setting out mounts here and you're going to ride with them and follow them. Lullaby Evan says, all you need to do is hold on. They start climbing up hop on everybody's got their own are you okay with that okay yeah as soon as she sees that everybody's mounted she does some little incantation and puts her hands up and says a few words they're in a language that nobody quite understands and real thin lines of the ether run from one deer to the next until like a train she leads, and they all follow the same line. It's actually two rows, with each knight in front, and they're moving through the wood. It's much faster than you would expect, and probably a little bit out of people's comfort zones. You were just zooming through this wood. You were going fast on the end, but you were high up and then folded into his body in a lot of ways, where you felt very protected You know, most of the time. But you are just expecting a moment where the stormtrooper is going to hit the tree, <laughs> or the scout, the you know biker scout is going to hit the tree. That's how fast you're zooming through this wood. 
And every once in a while, you do get a glimpse of something. You know, you're moving so fast that you don't get a good look at anything. But there's certainly some beasts out here that you zip by. Occasionally, you get a smell or a glimpse of something you wouldn't want to stop and mess with. And eventually, somewhere in the realm of 15 minutes of it, borderlining on having to roll for constitution and the speed that you're going and all that, but everybody's okay. We get to this spot, and there's a series of pools. They are very round. They might very well have been created by some sort of meteor shower long ago. They might have been dug out by the snake itself. But it's a clearing in which there are about a dozen pools with enough land in between for maybe two people to walk side by side, maybe 10 foot from pool to pool. And they're just kind of smattered like polka dots on this space. They don't walk right up on the pools. They stop far enough away to where you're looking in on the clearing. Lady Evans whispers, these are some of the pools of Delale. These are the pools of Nenulig. I would be very mindful of how you start this fight. If that is indeed what's going to happen, I expect that that's what's going to have to happen because Nenulig is not one to be charmed. We will be here on the edges of the perimeter and may the gods be with you. Which one is it in? She says, any. Nod, start making our way towards them, I suppose. Is there a nest of sorts? Maybe some eggs? You do see some bones, and you also see a couple of what look like offerings, twig figures, and things like that. Does anyone have an idea of what we're supposed to do to get this thing out of here? Tie a rope around your brother and drop him in the lake. Well, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I think it's genius. <laughs> I mean, having somebody go book the bear and run away is not an idea without merit. We're not Hello. running away. He's going to stay right there with him. <laughs> well, you going to reel him in so we get the snake and Lucan back? How about we toss you? I think you could run away better and the snake will just follow you. You're assuming we want him back. <laughs> I want him back. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, why don't the two of you just go poking around in the pools and see if we can find it? Do we have any way to make it so I can stand on top of the water? Is that a thing? That is a thing. That is not a thing that I have. There are some areas that have more bones around them, correct? There seem to be more bones towards the center, maybe a little bit more to the right. It's easy to see in the twilight because any bleached out bones are kind of shining in the starlight from above. Did we have any sort of water breathing going on for those of us who can't? Yeah, I cast that earlier today, right okay. before we... Okay. Don't you remember like 15 minutes ago? I have heard time in the Feywell doesn't pass the same. <laughs> We've experienced that directly. Well, we don't want to spread out, I don't think, unless... No, nah, I think it's a good idea for me and Lucan to explore a pool. Probably together, I think an individual excursion is a bad idea. What about the one directly in the middle there? might make sense that it feels more protected mm -hmm. in the very middle. I think it's a good idea. We just start in the center and work our way out. All right, you ready for this? Yeah, I'll race you. All right. But yeah, I would suggest you guys being close to this pool. The middle one? Yeah, where we are at. 
because if we come running out, you guys can swing it for its head right away and be in my radius and be ready to pounce on this thing early. All right. So I guess we'll stay within 10 feet or so. All right. As we are walking towards that center pool, is there anything that looks like any potential stirring or anything around the surrounding pools or any disruption of water? Yeah, that or ripples. Even if there's any debris that looks like maybe it's more recently disturbed than anything else. We could get a goat in Jurassic Park this thing up. So the forest floor is pretty full of ferns and grasses and things like that. Like we mentioned before, there's bones scattered. Not a lot seems disturbed as you walk through. The pools themselves reflect the starlight from above. There's starlight straight above you and the purplish twilight on the horizon. You've, at this point, just stepped into this clearing and you've had this canopy above you and so now you're getting a good look at the sky. And there is a little bit of a shadow of a mountain, this twisty peak off to the east. And when you look close to the pool, it looks very clear and inviting. And there is just a slight sway from the wind in the water. But other than that, nothing is giving you any indication of where that snake might be. Well, let's do this. And Lucan dives in. Actually, he gets in slowly. He's going to try to be quiet. I'm going to slowly wade in. And I look back over the shore. Don't wait up for us. Nice knowing y'all. <laughs> Dive in. All right. Everybody roll initiative. <laughs> well, all right. All right. I got a 19. A five. Look, I'm Merc. <laughs> got a 12. 21. Merc, what'd you get? I got an 18. Just as you are slinking yourself down into the water, this snake shoots up out of the pool that you got into. So you're in this center pool. You made a good guess because here it comes, just <laughs> shooting straight up. A pillar above you, probably black scaled, but in the starlight, it almost reflects. It's got sort of shimmery colors as water sprays from it. As he comes up, he, in Sylvan, screams out, no, you will not and immediately goes after Holg in this case. He wraps himself around Holg and tries to constrict you. Shoots up and then kind of twists his own body around back behind you, swirls it around with this big serpentine body. And Holg wraps you up and just starts squeezing. Take 28 bludgeoning damage as he squeezes at you and you are grappled he has a second attack though so what he does is he wraps around squeezes at you and now he's going to try to bite down at you can i give him disadvantage am i within five feet or no and use my um shield. yeah yeah because you guys were together so go ahead okay. yeah, go ahead and give him I disadvantage. Will shield it up all right it's actually not quite enough so you try and he comes down and he comes down with his big serpentine face and just swallows Holg, lifts back, and Holg's suddenly not there anymore. It's like he wraps him up and then just sucks him down. 
And Hulk, you're still with us, but you have been swallowed and you are (laughs) restrained for the time being. It's total blackness and smells terribly and you're inside this snake. I tried, Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) It goes to Relop. You just saw Hulk get swallowed. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and pull out a uh, magnifying glass, mutter a few words under my breath, and cast Sunbeam at it. It's a Constitution 18 saving throw. Ooh, missed it. I rolled a one. (laughs) It's not great, but he takes 14 points of radiant damage, and he is blind. Ooh, nice. This light just bursts a beam from Relop, and you see it rear back and kind of roars out. It says some sort of swear in Sylvan. Hogue, let me see if there's anything you can do on your turn here. I would recommend Draxing it. (laughs) So I guess you can try to attack from the inside with disadvantage. Okay. Disadvantage. So that will be a 24. 24 hits? Jeez. Okay. That would be six damage. You can barely move your hand away from yourself, but you're trying to slice at the innards that you're up against. This sort of wet muscle. Mm. Uh, Merc? Seeing Hull get swallowed, I will reach back and grab a piece of the flame coming off the continual torch and throw it at the snake and say, you are known to me. And I will cast Hunter's Mark on him for my bonus action. And then I will close with him, drawing Destiny out. And I will take a swipe at him. He's blinded. I should have advantage. You do. That's a 29 hit. It does. Weird. That'll be 22 points of slashing damage. And then I'll take my second attack. Coming down at a a different angle. These broad sweeping arcs. Well, that's less exciting. Does a 19 hit. 19 misses. Alright. After you hit on that first one, it rears back. It's almost like you punched it in the gut, even though it's the snake and doesn't really have a gut so when you slash at it it kind of convulses a little bit and then effectively vomits the good news is hold you come flying out of his mouth as he does that kind of kicks you up (laughs) and so you're gonna land in the pool in front of him apparently it kicks off some sort of venom sack or something because a bunch of stuff comes out with it as Merc I'm flying through the air, it's, I guess I'm a tough tub pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Merc, Holg, and Lucan, you're making a dex save to try to lessen the damage. I got a 12. Am I within 10 feet of Blondie? Actually, I take that back. Am I within 10 feet of Baldy? <laughs> yeah, I assume so. You're all at the southern edge of that pool. I got a 15 then. I got a 21. Hulk, you're only going to take 12 points of poison damage. It doesn't have any extra effect, but you feel this stuff hitting your skin as you hit the water. As soon as you hit the water, it actually dissipates. This water doesn't allow this poison to like pollute it. 
so it's cleaned off of you immediately, but you still take the 12 points. Lucan and Merc, you're going to take a full 24. Okay. Zan, it's your turn. How far away from the edge of the pool is the snake? It fills most of the pool, so a couple feet. Okay. She kind of screamed after Hold got eaten, but then watched him get thrown up. So her eyes will illuminate in anger with her sword up, and she'll bring it down as this massive column of flame and radiant energy strikes down into the center of the pool and envelops it as a column. So this is going to be flame strike, and okay. it needs to make a dexterity 18. Ooh, failed. All right, so it is going to take 8 fire damage and 15 radiant in one big column of, of damage. All right. It kind of screams as it comes down. It also screams something in Sylvan, probably a curse word. And then uh, she'll just stay within 10 behind Lucan. Lucan, it's your turn. Lucan lights his sword up, gives out a huge yell, and jumps and dives at the snake's body to take a big old divine smite swing into its side. The sword is screaming with you. Awesome. 20 to hit. That'll hit. All right, cool. 26 points of damage. So I jab the sword into the side of the thing, and then he tries to hold on to the side of the snake and just pull the sword out and jam it in again. And I'm going to do a divine smite on that one as well, if I hit. Got a 30 to hit on this one. 29 points of damage. It screams out a couple of times as this happens, and you're slicing in, and scales are flicking off from it. It's not not really happy with you. The sword's excited as heck. He's ready to (laughs) sing songs of victory. Nice. Just as you pull the sword out the second time, it disappears and appears again in pool number one. So it teleports itself. And when it does that, it's like it sucks back down into the water. It's kind of like you're almost wondering if there's two of them because it's such a fast motion in which it comes down in the middle pool there and then kind of off to the western edge, it's popping up on the other side. It's the same snake. You can see that it's damaged in the same places, but it's definitely moved itself away can Lucan stay gripped to it, or did it feel like it was a magical? No, it, I mean, it looks like it sort of sinks into the water and over, but you get the impression that it's like this teleportation thing. It's got the ability to okay. pop in and out. When it does that, too, suddenly things look different around you. You're still at the pools. It's still the bones and all that kind of stuff. But the sky isn't twilight anymore. You see daylight and... There's a little bit of a snow coming down into the clearing. Upside down. It then kind of rears back and with this advantage because it can't actually see you, he waves his head back and forth and spews this venom in what it thinks is the direction that you were. It's a little bit of an area effect. Those people around the pool there, Zan, I think the angle is keeping you out of it because you were 10 feet straight back. Mm -hmm. So Merc and Lucan because Hulk, you're in the pool to the south, are going to make another dex check. Natural 20. Hey. That'll do it, for at least for half. I'll take the fail. 29 points of poison damage to Merc, half of that to Lucan. I guess 15. Okay. What am I rolling to unblind myself? It's just blinded until my next turn. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and fire another beam at it. 
Still Constitution 18. He does make the 18. In that case, he'd take nine points of radiant damage. Does that avoid the blindness that way? Yeah, he's not blind this round. Hold, you're up. This guy keeps teleporting away. Nobody's engaging him. I am going to sheath the short sword and I will pull out the short bow and try to take a shot at him. He's blinded still? Uh, he is not now. At the end okay. of relapse turn, he it sight back. <laughs> and AC 16. That, it bounces and off then I will wade back to the grassy area so I can at least be on ground. To the north there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark, you're up. We need to fall back away from the pools to see if he'll follow us. If he keeps teleporting, we'll never pin it down. And I will pull out judgment and take a shot at disadvantage because I am sure it's more than 30 feet away. Yeah. I rolled a natural one, so that was awesome. Big That's bang echoes in the clearing. I'm going to fall back 30 feet after that. Xander up. Yeah, Zan will stay within 10 of Lucan still, but start moving towards Merc's direction. And as she does so, she will ignite herself in holy energy. Her eyes will begin glowing, and she will bestow beacon of hope energy to all of you. So, you all have within 30 feet of me. For the duration, which is up to one minute for concentration, you have advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws. And any healing will regain you the maximum number of hit points if it's random. Nice. So she'll just be a radiant beacon of hope to all of you as we begin the fight, and she'll just back off. She's like, yes, let's bring it backwards, and she'll step to the side. Lucan, you're up. Lucan's going to take Tempest out, throw it, and say, get out of the water. <laughs> I rolled a 17. 17 is not going to hit. Just sort of bounces off to pool number three to its east and sinks down into the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he starts shifting towards Merc. It pulls that thing again where it shoots back down into the water and then it pops up again, this time at 10. And Zan, it's going to go after the light. All right. It wraps itself around you and crushes in on you for 24 points of bludgeoning damage. And then it darts down again like it did with Hulk. But as it does that... You hold your shield up just in the right way. He bites at the shield and doesn't quite get down around you. He was trying to swallow you up as well, but but failed. Gotcha. But as he rears back a little bit, says, you will never have my grove. And again, Sylvan. So I guess Relop's the only one <laughs> catching that. Everybody else just hears this elvish sounding language that doesn't quite make sense. He's kind of right up on top of a lot of you guys. So you've got this snake right above you. Merc, Zan, and Lucan are pretty much underneath the thing. He's about 45 feet away from Relap. I'll duck down a little bit. And if I can get someplace where I'm 50 feet away, uh, and then I'm going to hit Sunbeam one more time. Sunbeam again, so I'm making a con uh, check. Yeah, yeah 18? it's Constitution 18. He did make it half of 25 radiant yells out again and focuses its attention on relap it keeps getting burnt by this beam Holger up seeing that it attacked Zan like <laughs> just throw that bow down and 
pull the two short swords out again and we sure. will head up and take uh, my initial swing. And then I'm just aiming for anything that might look vulnerable. AC 26. That'll hit. Alright, here comes 45 damage. And then I will take Toreador's Malice and backswing on that one for a nice miss as I go wide. Uh, it's because of the Serpentine Blade. He was like, no, no, there no. Go. This is a snake here. <laughs> Good hit on the first one, though. And then the second one kind of bounces off and doesn't catch his armor quite right. That brings us to Merc. Polg has just suddenly jumped up and slashed into it. I'll just go with some more of those uh, great circular arcs. He'll take a swing at it and 23 to hit. It'll hit. 16 points of slashing damage. And then I'll take the second arc. We'll see if it hits. Uh, 17. That'll miss. Hmm. Okay. First one hits and slashes. You whip around to hit with the other one. And he comes down with his chin almost and swipes it down. You know, like he's trying to deflect your blow with his body. Run a bonus action and do second wind. I don't know if that okay. beacon of light. Is that a concentration spell? Yes, it is. So is it still up? Uh, I'll have to make a check. So I took 29. So it's going to be 14 or a 10 concentration saving throw. I got an 11. So it drops. Light goes out. Thanks mm -hmm. for that. Yep. Well, I rolled bonkers anyway. <laughs> so I healed Max, which should be 20 points. And that'll be my turn. Zan, you're up. Am I still grappled by this thing? Yes. Yeah, she has her shield and sword are kind of tucked into her body. She's going to enchant a prayer real quick and try to move and wiggle a little bit as her sword glows. And she will cast freedom of movement on herself. So that is not concentration, but for one hour, unaffected by difficult terrain, spells and other magical effects cannot reduce my speed, nor can I be paralyzed or restrained. A target can also spend five feet of movement to automatically escape in non-magical restraints, such as manacles or a creature that has it grappled. Okay, cool. And finally, being underwater imposes no penalties on my movement or attacks. Uh -huh. So nice. <laughs> she's going to cast this thing and then just slip out of the <laughs> of the uh, snake and kind of hit the edge of the pool and try to roll away from it real quick. But she just kind of glows for a moment and then just kind of slips out of it and kind of hits the ground and rolls. Does it make a pop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's up to the DM, I suppose. <laughs> like soap in the shower. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> slips out. Just can't get a grip of, of Zan. She's too slippery. Are you trying to land into the water or under the dry land? She's going to land into the water and then she's going to try to hold on to the side of it so that if it moves, she can go with it. Splashes over and tries to grab onto some scales there. Mm -hmm. Lucan, you're up. All right. He's just going to light his sword up and jab right into it. Natural one. <laughs> oh, gosh. What in the world? You go to swing and you see that Zan's on him, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't see you there. He shakes his head and swings again. Hey, there we go. 31. Let's see how much damage. Ooh, geez, that's, that's a lot of ones on damage. Holy moly. Using up 17 points of damage. Yeah, Zan, when it moves again, you see that it kind of goes ethereal. You lose your grip. It goes ghostly. You splash down with it as it drops down, and it 
comes back up over on the right side and it is going to spray its venom again and this time it's going to be able to shoot at everybody except for relop he's the only one that wouldn't be within range everybody make a dex saving throw 22 15 19 3 Hulk, he kind of gets you good. You just get this green spray all over. He's for 43 poison. All right. Which is halved if it's a dex save. Mm hmm. Okay. Zan, you didn't make your check, but the Earthicore gives you resistance to poison anyway. Something about that orb in your pack makes you feel safer against this snake. Everybody else takes 21 points of poison damage other than Relop and now we're back to Relop. He's pretty far away from you now. Over 100 feet. Probably 130. Oh. So you're on the far side of the pools. Okay. I'll move forward a little bit and I'll cast Scorching Ray at 5th level. So yeah, I got 18 and 22. The 18 will not hit, but the 22 will. 21 twice. 35. Kind of get the impression that fire is maybe not the best bet with this thing. Hold her up. Not currently engaged by anybody, or I will just run up and engage him, and that will be my turn. As soon as he's engaged, I will take my swing. Ugh. Fourteen. Ugh, that'll miss. Yep. Zan, it's your turn. You are in the water. There's a pool in between you and him. So while still in the pool, she's going to go to the edge of it and put her arms up, pull her sword out and just aim at him, and then just fire a guiding bolt from that far away. I'm going to cast a level four version of it. Firing at him, 29 to hit. That'll hit. 28 points of radiant damage. And now he's glowing. Whoever attacks him next will have advantage. So she's just hanging on the edge of it like a pool and just holding yeah. the sword up and just <laughs> fired it and sure. blasted on the side of him screeches and lights up. Lucan, you're up. I will take a swing at it. That's about 35. Can you move 35 on attack? Move 30. So, who's closest to the snake right now? Merc and Holg. I'm going to cast Shield of Faith on Holg. So Lucan reaches his hand out, it glows a little bit, and then Holg starts to shine a little bit, and he has a plus two AC. It is going to teleport again to the top of the map. It's still glowing from the spell from Zan. It looks down at Zan, who just shot that light across, and casts a spell at you. You need to make a constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw, you say? That is my specialty. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's real bad. Got a nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody else is kind of focused away from Zan, and you wouldn't even see that much of Zan relapsed kind of behind her by a pool or two. Zan, you see that your skin has turned, or at least is starting to turn to stone, except that you've got this spell that you're concentrating on. You've sort of got free movement. Your arms are out in front of you. You're leaning off out of the pool, and your hands turn into this stone color. I'm not concentrating on the spell. It's just an effect. Oh, we'll hour. just have to keep making the check if, while this yeah. is going on so that you don't turn into stone at the end of it. Relop, he is now at the top of the map. 
So you're looking at somewhere in the realm of 70 feet from where you are. I'm going to pull out a little dust and cast Disintegrate at 7th level. At uh, Constitution 18 saving throw. Ooh, it failed it. (laughs) (laughs) This is bad. 81 points of force damage. So this beam comes out from Relop, hits the snake, and it turns, kind of looks inquisitively at him, almost like he thinks he knows him for a second. And then it just bursts into dust. A couple of things go flying from the mix and plop down into the water below. Any contaminants that go into this water seem to just dissipate. So the dust is certainly blown away all over on the grass and things, but anything that hits the water disappears. Zan, go ahead and make another con check. Yeah, okay. She's going to pull herself out of the pool and try to anyway and just kind of lurch on the ground like she's in pain because her body's beginning to petrify. Hog is running over. I got a six. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Negative one is not good. <laughs> right. See her skin glow underneath, like cracks under the stone where the spell is trying to affect her, but sure. it's not really helping and she's having difficulty. With the death of the creature, just as you're feeling this lockup, even with the spell you cast, suddenly it just dissipates and your skin goes back to its normal color, just sort of all at once. Holg who saw that you were kind of wrenching in pain gets to you just as you kind of look up at him without any real after effect. So she does like a big gasp of air and just kind of (sighs) laying there at the side of the pool, relaxing for a second. You can see she's kind of crying because she thought she was going to (laughs) die. Is it gone? Yes, it is gone. Are you okay? I think so. That was too close. Yeah. I'm just going to need a minute. <laughs> just going to lay there on the side. For a <laughs> so Zan, as you're laying there and taking deep breaths and making sure that everything's working, filling your lungs with air. And when you breathe in, it smells a lot like winter. You know, even though you've got the stars above you and the snow was in those little flashes. But something goes by, shadows of the starlight. And as you try to follow where it went, you look back and you see the Calicon standing, you know, the two that had been staying on the outskirts there. They're walking into the clearing and behind them, there are other figures. They have bows pointed at them. They almost look a little bit like giants, like Kaya, but there's deer-like features, their nose, and they have these kind of floppy ears. And Relop, you know that these are called furbolgs. They're known as guardians in the wood. They're very elusive, but they do have their own clans. They're wearing cartons and mostly leather armor. And just as you think that somebody's going to speak, you hear this flopping sound like a sail in the wind on the far side of the pool to the north, just at the edge of the clearing, a green dragon lands with a little bit of a rumble as she hits the ground and she's bigger than Tirithon. She's clearly this ancient dragon. You remember the big skull in Belnalair, and this dragon is at least that size. In this sort of deep, echoey voice, she says you have killed Nanlug? We have, Lucan says somewhat nervously. She breathes in and breathes out. You can feel the heat from her breath come across the water to you. 
My name is Fury Ann. They call me the elf friend. She looks at the knights and looks back at you and she says, it looks like you two are elf friends. That's right. Sand's going to stagger upwards to her feet, <laughs> reach into her satchel and pull out the dwarven brooch and just kind of hold it aloft. And she's kind of leaning on Lucan a little bit to keep her balance, but then she just holds it up with one hand and just stares at her. She says, it's not all you carry, half-elf. Yeah, she'll just slowly bring the brooch back down, put it into her satchel, grab the earth core, and just very slowly produce it. And she'll start walking towards her. Where did you find this? A dragon named Tirithon had it in its hoard, in the mountains in the material. He is she, dead, and it is mine. She looks at you with these big emerald eyes. They shine like gems, and she says... The gods are with you. I can feel it. Which ones? Well, at least several. The Earthicore belongs with me. And if I didn't sense what I sense, I wouldn't give you much option. It would already be in my possession. It was breathe deeply and reach the stone out towards her. I would give it to you freely. It wants to go back to that mountain. Is that where you were? Yes. And you would give it freely? You are much older than I and say that it belongs to you. It says it's not whole until it gets back to you. Lady Lullaby, who has been silent up to this point, says, Furian is one of the heads of Venra. If the gods are on your side, this could lead to something. Venra is broken, scattered. Furian looks past you at Lullaby and says, seem to know a lot about dragons for a child. And Lullaby just says, no, my lady, just you. Would this help you fix Vinra? It would. Tirithon knew that. That's why he hid it away from me. What do I know of Vinra? Is it neutral? Is it more on the chaos evil side? Is it benevolent? More like different facets. Kind of the god of the storm. You need the rain but it can be violent at the same time. Fair. She will continue to hold the orb upwards towards her. I would give this to you then on one condition. Some of the Burbogs bristle at that. (laughs) Sure. She says yes, and that is? When we need you on the material, help us destroy Nock. She says... I don't know if you've dealt with a dragon before. It seems like you at least dealt in some way with Tirithon. I will help work for a balance and I will help restore some order. I will not promise how that help will come. Then the only additional thing we require is the items Nenolug had, which are in the pool. We need those. Yeah, but we can get those then. Don't worry about it. If she'll let us. Will you let us? She holds up her big claw. She'll step forward and roll the orb into the claw. Holds it up like a marble. What is your name, half-elf? My name is Anafia Amastasia, sister of the Order of the Light of Lucian. Perhaps someday they'll sing songs about Anafia Amastasia. She rears up, lifts herself up above you, hovers there for a minute, flapping her big wings. Everybody's hair is just blown back by it. She says, maybe you'll even be in the stars. 
and she flies off towards that mountain. All the troops that she has disappear. You watch her go off, you look around, and there's not one of them left, just the two knights. I go into the pool where the items dropped from the snake and go fetch them. When you jump down into the pool, you see that there is gold and platinum and things. Treasure scattered around the place. Some of it has been hoarded into the bottom of the pools. There are also coins and things just sort of sifted around from people leaving them or maybe being (laughs) murdered along the way. So you do find a silver serving pitcher, but it has a cap at the top that kind of screws on. The elves were saying that this needs to be filled with these pools... I filled it up, screw the cap on while I'm under the water, scoop up all the gold, and uh, come walking back out of the pool. You also do find a wide-banded golden ring, flush set with two tear-shaped emeralds, and around the stones is a channel in which, once you bring it out of the water, you can see that water flows around an intersecting loop, creating an infinity symbol. So it's clearly magical. Sure. I'm going to go pool to pool and systematically get as much gold and platinum and gems and whatnot. Sure. So Zane will walk back to the group, kind of sigh a little bit and rub her neck, put her satchel on the ground and pull out the long white cloak of protection. It's kind of shifted over her shoulders of her gold dragon armor and put the hood up, clasp it around to the front. Lucan's going to go get Tempest. Hulk will uh, help Lucan try to recover Tempest where we think it might be at. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to figure out how deep these really are. They're pretty deep. The funny thing is that it doesn't get too dark down there for some reason. It's it's not exactly lit. It doesn't seem to get darker as you go lower. Hmm. It's probably 20, 30, maybe 40 feet, depending on the pool. Lucan will start healing everybody, too. Zan will walk over to the knights and say, are you all right? Yes, I apologize for the interruption there afterwards, but... They weren't going to take no for an answer, and we figured it would be okay if we just talked with them for a moment. No, it's fine. That was bound to happen one way or the other. Thank you for not interrupting. Are you planning to leave from here? I was going to wait to speak with my friends when they get out of all these pools, but we can. We could certainly bring you back to the Queendom, but it seems that you've gotten what you needed. We have urgent business to attend to in the material plane. People are dying. This will help them. So time is a bit of the essence, but please give our best regards to the queen and her upcoming birth. She smiles at that. I would like to return someday if I can. Well, it seems that you now know where to find us. We would appreciate it if you would keep our whereabouts a secret from the rest of your people. She kind of smiles and shakes her head. We have no one to tell. Your secret is safe, but if Nock wins on our side... He may come for you. Nock's not going to win. We could use some allies, if you think you could spare anyone to the material. She says that's probably not going to happen with our queen, but you'll be in our prayers. For what it's worth, if you know any of the old stories, and you know your history, there's two things that can defeat Nock. And from what I've seen from that fight, she looks at the twins, and then she looks over at Merc and his torch. You've got them both. I hope it's enough. Was that your first time speaking with the dragon? No. When the queen needs the elf friend, it's typically the green knights that interact with her and her peak root clan. She'll just nod at that. 
I was expecting her to be a little bit smarter. I mean, what does she know? They already do sing songs about me. And she just kind of smiles. You get her too, because she she kind of <laughs> goes wide-eyed for a second, like, what? Yeah, and me. Then, then she gives you a good chuckle and winks a little bit as they start moving towards their stags. Lucan, you were uh, you were handing out and healing there, bud? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. heal you. Uh, I've, I've got a bit of a doozy. I was sitting at the bottom of a pond for a while. Did I heal? Did you drink any of it? I mean, I would have breathed it in because of water breathing. I don't know how that would. <laughs> <laughs> Zane will reach down and cup some of the water in her hand and drink it, see what effect it has. It's going to work as a one-shot supreme healing potion. That effect is only going to work from the pool, so it's not like you're going to walk around with that jug and just swig the jug and get your effect. It's only going to work there. I got 26 back, so I'm still down 35. I got 32. While they're healing, I'm going to swap out Scrying for Polymorph and did Arcane Recovery. Can I Polymorph myself into that creature? <laughs> it has to be a beast, and believe it or not, he wasn't a beast, he was something else. Okay. I give everybody in the party 19 additional hit points with mass cure wounds. Hulk, how much damage do you still have on you? 16. Okay, I lay on, uh, used lay on hands and you healed there. Ah. Uh, Lucan, I, it hurts here. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, Hulk. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> he will heal himself up with 15, and he is good. You end up with 8,242 gold. You also end up with 156 platinum. And there was a ring. Yeah, I was going to ask if I could identify that. I'm a little bit afraid because I know what turmoil this is going to cause me, but it is a ring of spell turning. Ooh. Oh, really? <laughs> well, at least it's not a ring of weapons of mass destruction, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I found this uh, ring of spells turning if anyone's interested. I call dibs. Xanalask Merc. May I have the decanter? Yeah, I suppose. I don't know that matters who carries it. I just, I feel like I want to keep it safe. Is everyone I... ready to go back? I am ready. Yeah. As ready as I'll ever be. I've never done this before, so hold on. And she'll hold her sword in front of her blade down like usual, and she'll just start chanting in lingual and then she will slam the sword down as it glows into the ground and in a big circle will all start to radiantly glow, flash, and then will reappear in the uh, Keeper's Temple in Woodset as I cast Word of Recall. This white flash and then everyone's standing relatively in the same formation, but the surroundings have turned into the Keeper's Temple. Very distinct smells, a lot of iron from blood and things like that. A few people start as these keepers suddenly see this ragtag group appear in front of them. And there are a few patients. But you do notice that it's brighter than you expected in here. The shades are drawn, shutters are open, and there's a lot of white light coming in. And you can see that there's a lot of snow through that window. In fact, pretty heavy snow, it seems. How long were we gone? Monsignor? She's going to look around and try to see if she can find him. He comes bursting back through and he says, Oh, I'd wondered what had become of you. How long have we been gone? Uh, 
maybe a half a Ducati, five five days, maybe something in that realm. Oof. All right. Were your errands successful? She'll reach into her satchel with like a smile on her face, and she'll pull out the decanter. I think we're ready. Come, come. Yeah, she'll rush right with him. <laughs> He's wanting everybody to get behind the curtains back where all of the sickly are. You step in and there's this frail man just grimacing in pain. I'm not, I'm not sure how this works, but do you have like a cup or something? He snaps his fingers and somebody brings him this little tin cup. She'll just pop the top on this thing and pour just a little bit of water into there and have him drink it. Wincing with pain, he takes the cup. It runs down his face a little bit. He holds his side where he was hurting. These are wounds. You know, you typically see these cuts or festering wounds on them. And you see it close up on his side as he holds it. There's still some blood and things, but you can definitely see that it made a difference. And he doesn't even look as frail. It sort of emboldens his body and gets him almost youthful and hale again. Merc... As you are seeing that this works, your sword, Destiny, gives you a feeling. And you look over, and in one of the beds, holding her side but looking on as this man is cured of the incurable wound, and it's your sister. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Please check out our website at d4onthefloor.com. That's the letter D, the number four, onthefloor.com, for more great gaming content. don't actually remember it on the top of my head, but I got it. <laughs> Not trying to stump you, unfortunately. but No, no. <laughs> it's just, just what happens when you write way too much lore. I just suddenly like, oh, <laughs> It's definitely got some history to it, which is interesting. And it was also interesting that it was definitely of human make among the elves. Yeah, I'm going to throw it away now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. I'm an elf snob. Doesn't he have that cloak of, like, many things or something in there, and that has a scuba tank in it? He has a robe of many things. I don't think it has a scuba tank. That would be an interesting, <laughs> interesting <laughs> patch. <laughs> what is this thing? It's got a gun in it. What? I have to get a certification oh, for this thing? This one has an iPad in it. <laughs> With no charger. <laughs> oh, that's the monkey's paw wish. That was way funnier than it had any right to be.